Earthlings. You have discovered the podcast Why Are UFOs Top Secret with expert Bob Bria. edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Late this afternoon, a bulletin from New Mexico suggested that the widely publicized mystery of the flying saucers may soon be solved. Army Air Force officers reported that one of the strange disks had been found and inspected sometime last week. Our correspondents in Los Angeles and Chicago have been in contact with Army officials endeavoring to obtain all possible late information. Joe Wilson reports to us now from Chicago. The Army may be getting to the bottom of all this talk about the so-called flying saucer. Oh, yes. We get to the bottom of it here, folks. Though. Yes, that was a we'll, long get time you to, we'll get to the real bottom of this. Welcome, Earthlings. The bottom of the story is the beginning of the cover-up. Tonight, we're going to look into the early days of this uh, this uh, cover-up, which started as a result of uh, a lot of confusion between the military and the, the politicians. The, um, the excessive concern was whether to announce this arrival or to keep it quiet and the concerns of keeping it quiet uh, seem to overwhelm the uh, the ability of the uh, other people to uh, bring this to uh, an announcement so uh, the secrecy began in earnest and it began pretty quickly and as the evidence uh, mounted that uh, we did have ourselves in the midst of a visitation, as uh, I call it, uh, we were very un, uh, we were unprepared for this. And uh, like I had said in the previous episode, we had just finished the war and the accomplishment of that was supposed to bring us a lot of, uh, you know, uh, relief because of the pressures of, of the war on the pub of the population and uh, the concern of this visitation to be announced at this moment uh, in time would not uh, go down too well. So the, uh, the uh, intelligence community won over that. And um, I have come across a, a book that is uh, very interesting because it, it focuses on the way the presidents of the United States handled this subject, especially in the early days between uh, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, and Kennedy. And uh, tonight we're going to have my partner uh, read a little bit. His his vocabulary is a little bit better, even though he's had no sleep in three days. But uh, 
I think that he'll he'll perform a a, a duly uh, recommended reading. Um, this this section he's going to read concerns the uh, the uh, relationship with Eisenhower uh, with Kennedy uh, and the fears that uh, Eisenhower had that the government was uh, restricting this information, and he shared this with uh, John Kennedy. And uh, you know, Kennedy uh, was was well aware of the uh, activities that the government was uh, involved in with this uh, with this craft. Uh, as I mentioned in earlier episodes, uh, John Kennedy had a um, a, a relationship uh, communication with uh, James Forrestal, who was a member of the. Uh, the famous group I speak about all the time, Majestic 12. But uh, as, as time moved on, uh, the relationship uh, between Eisenhower and Kennedy uh, came into focus because of the, uh, the political uh, relationship uh, that had to uh, transpire. Trans, uh, uh, it, it existed at that time, the transition of the two presidents. Mm -hmm. So, um, Robert is going to What's read. interesting about that too is that um, Eisenhower being a military man around the during the time that sightings were happening in you know in the war in the military he was being briefed you would think he would have as a general he may have known about that oh and, he definitely knew um then we, of course we have our theories about JFK uh, so uh, so uh, so Rob's going to read this uh, two paragraphs and it's also going to be followed by a uh, a particular book that uh, that's mentioned in a, in a paragraph yeah. below uh, the uh, Kennedy relate uh, the Kennedy story, and uh, the book that's that's going to be mentioned is such a, a famous book because it was written by a, an, an author who was a military man and he was a whistleblower, and he was a, a problem for the for the government at the time because uh, he was bringing this information out to the public, and. Uh, the, the the military didn't like this, and uh, whistleblowers tend to be problems for the government. <laughs> yeah, and, and because when they're military, uh, you know, it's touching, it's touchy because uh, usually they do uh, stay stand in line with each other and and re retain their secrecies. Uh, Big Chief Thunderlung is saying it started before Roswell, the Battle of Los Angeles in February '42. Yes, sure did. But once they had confirmation that there were creatures in these craft, then they knew that they really had uh, a problem on their hand because up until that moment, uh, the sightings were uh, restricted to sightings alone. So they, they, kept, uh, they kept their eye on these sightings and the reports continued to flow in. But like uh, the story goes, the Roswell story uh, changed everything for the, for the United States. And uh, my friend Robert's going to read this paragraph. I hope you uh, can contemplate the uh, significance between this uh, conversation that Eisenhower had with Kennedy. And so I'll turn it over to Rob right now, and he'll read this uh, section. When Eisenhower met with John Kennedy in a transition meeting, the subject of UFOs was certain to have been discussed. Uh, I think... I probably err on that side. One must believe that, that his concern of the shift of UFO information research away from the executive branch to the intelligence and military industrial community 
Let me repeat that because that's significant. One must believe that his concern of the shift of UFO information research away from the executive branch emphasized to the intelligence and military industrial community. Mm-hmm. That sounds like his speech about military industrial complex was all right. So um, it is not unreasonable to believe that Kennedy took this to heart and it played a role in his attempt to have the executive branch regain control over the top secret UFO issue, which is two levels above top secret. It is no secret that Kennedy and CIA director Alan Dulles were not on friendly terms. As Kennedy attempted to put National Security Advisor McGeorge Bundy in a position to draw power and in particular control of the top secret UFO issues back to the executive branch. Because initially, as I interrupt, Robert, initially Truman had uh, placed this in the hands of the uh, president and to be succeeded in each administration. But as prog- as progression moved forward, they realized that uh, this was such a uh, controversial uh, thing uh, that they were taking it out of the hands of the president and putting it into a, a shadow government, which was created, and you hear a lot about it. And uh, Eisenhower considered this, uh, this uh, the military-industrial complex, which he referred to in his final speech uh, before leaving office. And I'll return this back to Rob, and he'll proceed to read. Starting in 1953, three publications had an enormous impact on the Air Force and its handling of the UFO issue. The first of these publications, Major Donald Kehoe's Flying Saucers from Outer Space, hit the bookstores and shook the Air Force to its foundation. This was due in part because Air Force Public Information Office Chief Al Chop who had become a believer in the extraterrestrial hypothesis, wrote a strong official letter on Air Force stationery in support of the book and the extraterrestrial hypothesis, which was reproduced on the back cover of the book, much to the surprise of the Air Force. And Rob, Bob, you have I have this right hot, I have this hot book, which at the time came out and it was only 25 cents. But, uh, <laughs> see that you know, for for twenty five cents, the, the, this book created a, a big sensation in the government, and uh, this is the same fella who went on television uh, at the Texaco um, Armstrong Theater and was cut off mid mid sentence because he was about to announce some uh, significant uh, studies that were done, and uh, he was cut mid sentence off right off black blacked out right on television that was really interesting we uh, lost the broadcast We're like just all of a sudden right yeah interesting how he just lost contact with anything they was they were monitoring back then they were monitoring people that knew too much and uh th- that's why the subject has, has these reached. were the close calls you know these are the close calls yeah. and when you look at it from the, the 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 point of view of the president's having to deal with this particular uh, problem of how to handle it. Uh, it. It was better in the hands of the military than to be in the hands of the politicians. It's a plausible. It's a plausible argument. A plausible theory of that. 
I mean, look the subject at the, is too hot know. to handle for the for the for the president who's in the face of the public every day, and he has to be uh, has to be worried about what questions are going to come to him at the press conference that they hold periodically. So I think most people believe JFK was intentionally knocked off. I mean, I think most people have probably believe but that. That's where that's where you step into so the controversy. Maybe, you know, of, one of the things of many it could have been. And it could have, this could have been one of the issues where he was stepping, he, you know, if he was stepping this book where is he suggesting be. exactly what, what your hypothesis has been for a long time. In other words, if the presidents weren't going to stick in, in line with the uh, controlled narrative, then it was going to obviously be too hot to, to be uh, briefed on it. That's why as the succeeding presidents followed after Eisenhower, into the Kennedy administration and then preceding it and then uh, following the Kennedy administration, which was Johnson's administration. Now, Johnson's administration took over for the Kennedy administration because of the assassination right. of John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And, and the controversy over his, his death has been surrounded by this word I call, what do you call it? Um, Conspiracy. Conspiracy. And conspiracy is a technique more than than people realize that it's just a uh, uh, a word that, that that's applied to something. But it's also a bandage because once that bandage is placed on, on something, uh, that they, that they the, the government or the agencies that are controlling certain things that, that, that are not for public uh, disclosure, they put this... Uh, this, this label on it, and immediately it becomes stickable, and, it, and it's hard to remove that stickiness of it. And so when people like Oliver Stone, who came out with a film uh, years ago called JFK, uh, it, re- it, was, it was a critically, a critically claimed. I mean, they had a, a lot of people that supported the film and a lot of people that thought it was a bunch of hooey. But... When you look back and, and evidence and investigations over the, the murder of John Kennedy pile up, the answers have still not, not been answered. How did Oswald right. get a spot in the book depository building before the motorcade came down the road in, in, in Texas? That, that's an impossible uh, yeah. situation. And why also did he get knocked off? And then the guy that knocked him off getting uh, well. Okay, we know that. Yeah, <laughs> that whole that whole but couple of days, and, and, you know, and after the death of Kennedy and the arrest of Oswald, and then the death of Oswald by by Jack Ruby, and then the death of Jack Ruby. I mean, dead men tell no tales is a very famous phrase, and we're going to play a little section of the uh, interview that we have uh, with Oliver Stone, which uh, uh, points out a little bit of the uh, the evidence that that has been surfacing on the suspicion that uh, this was a uh, conspiracy to kill John Kennedy, not just a lone gunman. And to connect it to current events today, like we mentioned, I think last week or the week before, that uh, the, the, you know, the president just withheld the release of further documents yeah. on this topic. So yeah, this, this why, why would it be so, why would it be so, uh, uh, important not to release 
the results of the uh, the, the assassination. Should be all old these news. years later, it should be old news. It should, it should be, be all in line news. with thought, their explanation. I thought the Warren Commission took <laughs> care of all these questions. Yeah. The Warren Commission was it was was supposed to end, and it continued and continued, and finally came to a conclusion. And now we have suspicious people. Uh, suspicious uh, ideas that uh, we're not being told the truth. They came to a conclusion, and we're we were we supposed to, to believe we it, to but we don't. It. This yeah. this many years later, we still don't get to see what they saw. Mm -hmm. No one has answered that question of Oswald's well, position. Often, uh, the so you, investigation so to this, is the cover up. So listen to this little uh, interview with uh, Oliver Stone, and and see what you think. Pretty accurate, I felt. But we wanted to go back because that film created a furor, and there was the Assassination Records Review Board was created by Congress, which is very rare, an act of Congress, to allow an investig a third in official investigation of the film, of, of the murder, excuse me. Uh, and uh, it led to a bunch of, uh, a lot of work, 94 to 98, uh, 98, it led to a lot of records being declassified, and people didn't know anything about it because the American media, frankly, there's a collective memory hole about the assassination, unfortunately, and people are, although people are interested, the media is, does not seem to be interested. In other words, the media is more and more corporate controlled and they don't want to take risks. They don't want to upset the apple cart. And I think America has become more conservative, frankly. So this is frustrating. At the 2013 was the 50th anniversary of his death, murder. And at that point, I was rather frustrated to see all the official networks, all the official newspapers parroting the same line, the Warren Commission line. We've way past the Warren Commission. There's been more than two investigations since the Warren Commission. A lot of information has come out. The media won't admit it. That This film is a response to that. And it's an angry film, but it's also a measured film. We did a lot of work on it. We have a four-hour version. We did a two-hour version that you saw here at Cannes. Has all the facts we've been able to uncover, and I think that's about as far as we can go in my lifetime, anyway. Because it's obviously people are dying, they're dead, and the documents are still there. Those that exist, a lot of them have been redacted and destroyed, as we showed in the film. But still, there's other documents that can be released in the future. The FBI concluded that all three bullets struck inside the car. He was hit for the first and the third. The second shot hit the governor. The third shot tore a large part of the president's head off. The Warren Commission put itself in a straitjacket. They could not possibly allow more than three shots because four shots or more would have clearly indicated conspiracy, and they were not going there. I was standing down under the underpass. On the curve, there was a very invisible mark where a bullet had struck. Either a fragment of the bullet scratched my face. Those two films, as you mentioned, the drama and the documentary are to some extent companion pieces, but very different in their form. One, a meticulously researched documentary, the other, a drama starring Kevin Costner. Which one did you find more satisfying to make? Well, the obviously the first, the dramatized film is, I'm a filmmaker, and that was a major attempt to interpret this murder for the American people. And it was very successful abroad and in America too. It was a huge success. I was nominated for awards and we got two academy awards and it was a very satisfying experience of course time time gives you more perspective and i'm there are things i would change if i had to do it again but i'm happy with it and this film today is a satisfactory and a triumphant film for me 
but it's a smaller audience because documentaries don't get worldwide attention. In 1991, it was a surprise. People were not dealing with the Kennedy assassination. We've tried to keep it in the public mind, in the public eye, and I think this documentary helps to do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was a interesting perspective uh, from Mr. Stone uh, uh, because he's got so many people feeding him information, you know, and trying to uh, clarify all the questions that remain. And Before you maybe say something about the Warren Commission, I want to just say one. I want to make a quick little parallel in mm-hmm. that I, you know, just what was it about two years ago? The Pentagon released these v- couple of videos of unidentified flying objects flying around from the pilots videos, right? Mm-hmm. Just two of them that we can, that we've been all seeing now on, on the mainstream media. But when you see the media react to these things, they, Oh, wow. Oh, that's mm, okay. And the next story, you know, it's just, I, I, how come there's never any questions asked? There was, why is there no, uh, that seems like a big deal to me. Where, where, where's the, 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 the press conference? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure over the years that there's been a, uh, uh, a collection of uh, stories that involve the editors of these uh, uh, publications in, in the uh, press. Or the gatekeepers, so to speak. The gatekeepers right, who, who control mm. the secrecies and secrets that are I'd not like to be public. in on one of those meetings. They're not for public <laughs> disclosure. And, and, the, and I, would, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't blame uh, the the agencies for doing this because this is a a, a, a method of protecting their backside from uh, from uh, their dirty. No, you know how I am. I, I almost don't want to know. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I'm ready for it. Well, and every, every time that they do get exposed, uh, there's always backup that supports their actions. You know, the national security issue becomes uh, brought into play, and uh, it, yeah, fear. I mean, <clears throat> security. I mean. Not yeah. Well, national security. Sometimes people are misinterpreting the two words, and they and they just relate it to uh, security in a in a military way. But national security also represents a a term applied to the emotional level of the population. Because if you have a a population that's that's loaded with a with a depression and and concern of fear, it, it's not going to be. Uh, not going to have a future it's just going to turn into chaos and anarchy and uh, that's why we need law and order in this country the warren commission the warren commission was set up to swallow all the questions that were asked at that time and uh it was a uh, a, a big study you know and uh, a lot of uh, publicity uh, surrounding it because people wanted to know who did this? And uh, the more you look at it in hindsight, it, it doesn't seem like just a, uh, a single gunman because of that Oswald factor. The uh, the it's almost like a, a movie that uh, it's it's too good to be true that he happened to just pick the right building to be waiting for a motorcade carrying the president of the United States. I mean, I mean, just think about the odds of having to try to do that. Here, I want to I want to eliminate the president, so I'm gonna I'm gonna find out where I could sit and hope that the motorcade comes down this road. You know, that's an unlikely scenario. 
So a that, place that he had been working for a while. Yeah, it just it wasn't doesn't like make he just sense. Started working there that day or something. Yeah, what if he got there and he just got Planted hired the week before? Does that mean right. he 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 was he was just supposed to start on the day that the motorcade? I mean, it's just all those little things about that that incident of his occupying that floor on the build in that building just doesn't make sense. And and, and everything I've heard to to uh, to to dampen my questions uh, still never answered it's just like a turn you're running around in circles and you're still not answering the question how did he get a position in that building and, and when that when that motorcade route is classified until the very moment uh, and unless someone knew that that motorcade was going to be coming down that street and passed that information excuse me, over mm -hmm. to someone who was planning to take the president out. And uh, that leads to a conspiracy. I, I, I mean, just, to me, just as significant is the, you know, that, that he got uh, knocked off. Now, the reason know? that I find that the, the, his assassination is connected to this uh, UFO story is only because there's a lot of things that lead up to that. And that is the concern that Kennedy had with secrecy within the government taking over. Right. There was an over, it, an it, overreach. It, it, it went, uh, it was an, also an overriding thing of his that that's, you know, power back to the people. And exactly. Um, um, we've played some nice clips of his, you know, great speeches where he's talking about uh, the, um, you know, being transparent with the public, more transparency, a lot of the public heard and hears the speech that, that Kennedy made on his inauguration day, which was, what can you do for your country and not what your country can do for you? That speech has been well promoted and well, and well heard around the world. But the speech that I find interesting is the one that he gave at the Waldorf Astoria, which... Uh, Within the third word out of his mouth, he, he, he reaches into uh, secrecy and discusses the, uh, the fear of secrecy taking over the, uh, the nation and that a nation with secrecy, uh, too much secrecy, will not succeed. And uh, in all probability, he was talking about the very thing that uh, Eisenhower was concerned with, and that was the takeover uh, of the military industrial complex, which in hindsight has a lot to do with the investigations on this uh, craft that was uh, repossessed uh, in the New Mexico back in the 40s. And all of this uh, back engineering that allegedly has been going on for, uh, for years and decades involves a, uh, a secret agenda. And uh, when uh, Truman uh, left office and uh, Eisenhower stepped in, the, the fact that Eisenhower was an acting military uh, four-star general, I mean, he was briefed on, on the, uh, the sightings uh, way before the Roswell story. I have a little bit of the speech here. I can read. Oh, good. Let me let let me let me have my friend Rob read the speech from uh, 
This is the uh, from the Waldorf Astoria speech. I'm, I'm pretty sure I got the right one. Oh, this is the Jack Kennedy. The, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we as a people inherently and historically opposed are opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation in our traditions, if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is a grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. Hmm. That's a John Kennedy statement. <laughs> Quote, John Kennedy making a statement about a shadow government that has been formed and his concern over it getting too powerful and and the that's why his his relationship with the uh, the CIA at that time was not healthy and he wanted to replace uh, Alan Dulles which was the CIA director at the time with uh, McGeorge Bundy who was more uh, in line with uh, president Kennedy's thinking and so therefore the the uh, the controversy of sharing and briefing succeeding presidents, I think, came to an abrupt end with the, uh, the Kennedy's assassination because Johnson took over for Kennedy after the assassination. And uh, Johnson's administration had a lot of sightings that uh, were pretty famous during his administration. And, and, you know, you don't hear much about Johnson. You know, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson was a uh, uh, sort of like a friend of the Majestic 12 group. And uh, hmm. he was being kept abreast of the uh, sightings that were taking place because uh, he, he would hear about them as being a, a you know, a politician in the state. And... Uh, he was very upset with the Soviets putting a Sputnik in space, and he pushed Congress to uh, to set up the uh, National Aeronautics and Space Administration, which is now famous and called NASA. And here we are going into outer space again and looking for a place to find uh, for our own. And um, when when uh, when Johnson got his uh, space center named after him. He was very happy because he thought that any nation that, that held space superiority would control the world. And uh, he was very anxious that America would step in and, and uh, you know, overtake. I mean, look what's happening in the current events today with the, the missile, the hypersonic missile going around the world. And apparently our intelligence is not even knowing about it mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, I haven't, I haven't looked into it, but that in it, on the surface sounds pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, it, 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 it's unsafe. also interesting that 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 we wouldn't know about that when uh, you know we have all this uh, uh, all these techniques for for detecting uh, you know changes in in military uh, operations. We got to think about each other more instead of just taking the payoffs. 
I mean, it's you know, there's always seems to be a, a price to you know to certain Americans, and it's that's what, you know that's why patriotism is important. I think it's it's also a sense of community. I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of go hand in hand, and it would be nice to have that feeling like it was when we were younger. I, I think that this this uh, arrival, okay, as I call it, uh, being that it wasn't expected. And uh, not thinking that there was anything to worry about. Uh, when they realized that, um, according to the Majestic 12 documents, that there were creatures on board this craft, the, uh, the whole subject became quite different. And you can imagine the... The situation at the time, how revolutionary this this idea was that all of the time we had spent studying astronomy and uh, planets and different things about our universe, and here we are in the middle of a visitation, and. Uh, Richard, uh, what do you call our famous president, Ronald Reagan, had a uh, an interesting situation where he uh, at the UN spoke about the the threat that we would all face and how we would all seem to work together to overcome this threat. And uh, he gave the speech at the UN and uh, several times. And uh, when I first heard it, I was almost like, uh, did he really say that? I mean, I thought, I thought I'd bring up the clip because we were talking about patriotism and in a way it's like, he's saying, you know, the, the, the earth in the light of um, other life forms in the galaxy, the earth is a little bit smaller than, than, uh, than we see it as. And yeah, the we way should, he, work, the we way should be Mr. more together. We should, the way Mr. Reagan phrased it was yeah. really... Well, uh, better than me. Let me just play it. <laughs> no more paraphrasing. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war and the threat? And more secure for you and your children. I couldn't help but one point in my discussions with, privately with General Secretary Gorbachev. When you stop to think that we're all God's children, wherever we may live in the world. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held. If suddenly there was a threat to this world from some other species from another planet uh, outside in the universe. Wow. <clears throat> could, could it be more direct than that? <laughs> I mean, here you have the president stepping out and saying something that I never thought he would ever say. And yet there it is. And yet sometime after that, there was an attempted assassination on Mr. President. That takes a lot of confidence. (laughs) 
Yeah, and, and, and what I'm trying to get at is that to make that to, kind of analogy and suggestion and just let it be that. Oh my gosh! Wow, I, I, I just can't help but fun, find it very odd that presidents who have not gone along with the party line have had these incidences of either assassinations outright or attempted assassinations through the use of uh, intimidation or pressure. I know the pressure was on Mr. Kennedy to stop trying to get UFO information passed on to him into the executive branch because the the CIA didn't want to share this with the with the president because of his insistence on sharing that information with the Soviets. And and this was all because of the concern of of this extraterrestrial technology being uh, shared with the with our enemy and the cia disagreed with the president's uh, uh concept of of sharing this this new technology and maybe we could be more friendly and uh, uh you know share the 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 uh, the new secrets of the of the future and yet uh, the cia insisted no no don't do that i feel we, like the the the, the uh the topic today is going to be the clash of the titans. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was, the good versus through the these, the string of presidents, you know, in this in the in the 50s and 60s. In the 50s and 60s is where all the the dirt seems to be struggle shifting, for power, the power shift mm -hmm. and uh, the secrecy. The, the secrets that that were shared between the Truman administration and the Roosevelt administration were quite different than the secrets that were established uh, later, because the, it, it didn't get uh, as much uh, briefings. The briefings got the slower and and more and less and less, so that the the the, the, the future presidents had to uh, go fishing for this information. They weren't getting a a daily briefing. That's on. where the two levels above top secret comes mm -hmm. in, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that certainly suggests now, wouldn't, wouldn't the death of, of Kennedy, if it was to shut him down, to stop him from talking and, and, and requesting a, an open society with the Russians, would that, would that force a, uh, a future president to say, gee, I don't want to end up like him, you know? And, uh, well, in light of the type of control, the struggle for control and power over our own selves and our own data, today and what we know you know maybe that's why they can't let out what happened back then they're afraid we'll look at them about what's happening today or something yeah and and, and to reflect on on the on the kennedy uh angle you know a kennedy uh, in relationship to uh the way johnson conducted himself in public and the way truman conducted himself in public was a lot different than the way Kennedy con conducted himself in public. Kennedy, I mean, when you when you look at his his uh, private life, he was uh, well liked. He was a handsome man, and uh, people in Hollywood uh, he mingled with mm -hmm. because he had friends in Hollywood, and those Hollywood people had uh, he was like the, El the Elvis of presidents. Yeah, he was like the Elvis of presidents. And one of President Kennedy's good friends was um, 
was a man by the name of Peter Lawford. And Peter Lawford was sort of like the, uh, I call him I the, the uh, name. like the pimp of Hollywood. And they, they used to have all these. Could have been the only one. <laughs> they had these Hollywood parties in California. and uh, I was there seven years. You wish. <laughs> and, no, uh, I, I didn't like those parties. No, but you weren't invited to those parties. Uh, uh, so so Kennedy, either. Kennedy was invited to a party, and, uh, you know, he, he uh, admired uh, Marilyn Monroe, and uh, he put in a few good words for his friend Peter Lawford, if he could get her invited to the party. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an interesting party, and, uh, you know, Kennedy and Marilyn became uh, a couple, even though he was married. Uh, there was uh, many, many uh, um, meetings between uh, Kennedy and, and uh, Monroe. Meetings. And uh, those meetings involved uh, intimacy. And during intimacy, a lot of times uh, individuals, no matter where they are and what position and what uh, what companies they're in, mm-hmm. will will tell their uh, you know their mate or their uh, their friend uh, secrets. James Bond comes to mind. James Bond, and uh, it, it appears that uh, that John Kennedy may have shared some of this uh, information that he had with her in an intimate moment, and uh, she may have wrote this down in a uh, a diary that became uh, of great concern after her death. The, uh, the, uh, the whereabouts of that diary has always been a, a mystery. And uh, on her death, uh, the day that she died, uh, that, that diary seemed to have been uh, missing. And uh, they think that uh, because the FBI did not like Kennedy's involvement with the Monroes, with Marilyn Monroe, uh, he was trying to stop it. And uh, he put people on uh, her tail and his tail to keep track of them. And uh, they, uh, there was a book that came out in the, uh, the 70s uh, about Marilyn Monroe's uh, tragic death. And it, it mentions in there a, a section where the, uh, the bugging of her apartment uh, where she lived was uh, bugged twice. There was a separate bugging system installed in there. So it, there was uh, quite a lot of surveillance about what uh, was going on in Marilyn's uh, whereabouts, her apartment. And uh, <clears throat> when the uh, when the move to stop her relationship uh, got intense, she got kind of desperate and she was calling the White House private line that uh, Kennedy had given her so that uh, she could reach him at any moment. Um, And she threatened, uh, you know, um, to uh, have a press conference. And uh, this became uh, a big concern that that she was going to reveal what uh, Kennedy allegedly had told her. So, as you can see, uh, if this information was going to come out uh, concerning uh, Kennedy's uh, knowledge about... uh, the U.S. authorities having possession of an extraterrestrial vehicle, and uh, no controversy at all. That no, would be no a quite a huh? quite a story to to keep under your pillow. So when uh, so to speak, yeah, yeah, and uh, and the fact that he he had told her, 
and may have said that very thing that 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 the uh, U.S. authorities have in their possession. I just note that um, she also ended up, and she also uh, wound up the uh, wrong side of on the dead side. Yeah, um, way it, early. It, it's way very early. Uh, you know it, you can call it a conspiracy, you can call it a, a far out uh, thinking and way out, and it's impossible. That could never be. That's uh, the, that's theory. not possible. But yet, the, the more evidence c- comes in over the years, which is being prevented right now due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now Today. we're preventing a COVID uh, re- uh, release, release of, of information Dr. concerning Kennedy's assassination. What is that? What has one <laughs> thing got to do with the other? It has truly affected everything. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it all now. Yeah, unbelievable. But. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to try to uh, speculate on this uh, theory about Kennedy because he did have an interest in this uh, UFO subject, and and if indeed the the uh, the facts are that there was a group called Majestic Twelve uh, with a, with a growing power surge uh, based on uh, the authority that was given to them by the uh, Truman's executive order. Um, it would almost uh, be impossible to uh, break that silence uh, factor, because once the, the once the uh, the formation of that group was put into effect, it it, it, it took over this this whole UFO st- subject, and, and what to do about it, and how to handle it, and how to protect the information that that it, it gains. From reaching the public and and how to discredit any uh, valid cases that that seem to indicate that there's some uh, truth behind it. Is, is there anything you wanted to uh, to read out of there? No, th- this but, book is this book is uh, just about basically yeah, t- a compilation yeah. of pilots' reports that have come through, and Keyhole, uh, the major Keyhole, was a uh, a big activist in in realizing that. Uh, we were being visited by uh, an extraterrestrial uh, race. And, uh, you know, in, um, in hindsight, when, when Kehoe was doing um, his, uh, his lectures and, and speeches about the uh, promoting this uh, openness about the UFO subject, he, he, uh, he never spoke about Roswell. And uh, in the book uh, I'm reading again, uh, the presidents and UFOs, there's a, a section in there that mentions that uh, that Keyhole, Major Keyhole, never really accepted the Roswell story because it involved the aliens, and he didn't want to think about the uh, consequences of. Aliens actually being involved with uh, these craft. Well, there is a, a couple of sentences here that that uh, the Air Force press person Albert Chop had said, and that, so I was looking in the notes of the book, and he, mm-hmm. this is what he had said about Kehoe's, you know, groundbreaking book at the time, mm-hmm. uh, being a U.S. Marine Corps uh, major, mm-hmm. and and talking about all these pilot accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what he said. He said. The Air Force and its investigating agency, Project Blue Book, are aware of Major Kehoe's conclusion that flying saucers are from another planet. 
the Air Force has never denied that this possibility exists. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yet, because this book is written uh, in 50, let me see, 53, 54, that's quite a long time ago, you know, the, uh, the, the, full, the full impact of the cover-up probably didn't uh, really take place uh, as it is now. I mean, now it's, it's had decades of, uh, uh, of uh, what do you call, uh, well, it would, would this was this before the the mandate? Uh, this was before the mandate for pilots, right? For commercial pilots, not to talk about. It was almost around the same time because it, it, after the the these objects flew over the the White House in fifty two. That's when uh, apparently the CIA got involved big time because. Uh, Although the CIA was in, in, in a form of uh, intelligence gathering, it wasn't constituted into a, an agency as, as it is now. At the time of, the, of World War II, we had intelligence gathering uh, efforts. But until it was formulated into an agency itself in 1947, that's when it started to really get involved in the uh, collection of information on this subject and in 52 when the objects flew over the white house and and the public was clamoring for answers uh they had to put a a a, a committee together and that was called the robinson panel and this was a a group of cia individuals and people in the uh in the in the intelligence units and they and their uh, objective uh, for this meeting uh, was to figure out what to do about this uh, subject and how to de de-emphasize the uh, the anxiety that that hangs in the air. And uh, hmm. they uh, they started monitoring these uh, civilian UFO organizations for their massive influences uh, for their massive influence on public thinking. Because they would be publishing positive reports and uh, discounting the uh, the negative reports, and this is what was causing a concern for the government. They didn't want questions to be asked about this subject. And uh, in '52, uh, General John Stanford made a press uh, conference uh, held uh, after this uh, these flyovers in. Uh, they had a uh, a bunch of people at this press conference, and one of the people that was right next to this general, John Stanford, was a a, a general Ramey. And General Ramey, of all people, was the same individual that's uh, associated with the Roswell uh, weather balloon story, and uh, ironically. Uh, most people uh, would never know who Ramey was standing next to uh, John Stanford. Uh, who, who would know the relationship between Stanford and Ramey and why Ramey would be sitting in, in, at the press conference with Stanford trying to uh, uh, convince the public that, that what was seen over the White House was just a, a series of bleeps and misidentifications of radar and atmospheric condition, everything 
that it wasn't. And uh, it was easy to get away with that in the 60s when everyone was doing LSD. In the 50s, something about 52. <laughs> in the 60s, it, it became a problem. And this is where Project Blue Book took over because they, they got more uh, theatrical. You know, they were, oh, Project Blue Book. Oh, finally, we're going to get to the bottom of this story, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as Project Blue Book progressed. Con uh, to control the narrative. Project the the Blue narrative Book was got uh, dwindled down uh, each year until the final year of their, uh, their uh, assembly, which was 1969. They closed Project Blue Book, and the answer was that they have found nothing to confirm or deny the existence of these objects, you know. Uh, and they were all written off as misidentifications, and uh, that's how they ended it. From weather balloons to you inhaled too much swamp gas. Yeah, yeah. Too, too much. Uh, I'm not making it up. <laughs> too, too much baloney. And uh, I'm, I'm very tired. Too much baloney. Yeah, that's the first time I heard that one. <laughs> I'm so tired of, of the lies that our government uh, has been uh, telling uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, I love our country and I love, I love uh, the good people that we have in our country. But we also seem to have a secondary government that, that's operating at the same time that a good government is operating. So the, the contrast between the, the two operating uh, governments are conflicting with our uh, private lives. I mean, this pair, this, this, these clash of the titans of the fifties and sixties, and all of these heavyweight generals and and presidents and, and and the CIA formation and the struggle for power and what who knows what was going on behind the scenes. Obviously, a lot, and then it, it paralleling to to today, it's like the the struggle is continuing. Well, uh, as it, I, it's as always I, been a struggle. As I always power. say, it's such a, a a very difficult subject to to really grasp, and uh, it, it has taken me so long to really uh, comprehend the the complexity of 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 what we are dealing with. We're dealing with a visitation of an extraterrestrial race to the to the human planet Earth that we all love, and. Uh, when I when I read the the excerpts from from uh, the books that I read, and I and I and I point them out as being important, I, I I do mean that. And here's one statement that's on the back of one of the books I'm reading presently. It says, "The astounding secret history of U.S. presidential involvement and control of the U.S. Uh, the UFO phenomenon." Now, why would they call it a phenomenon? when they actually know more than they're willing to tell you. It's more than just a phenomenon. It's a UFO reality. And the, uh, the involvement with these craft in monitoring our nuclear capabilities has been at the, uh, at the edge of uh, some of the most fascinating stories that are out in books on... Uh, these uh, nuclear uh, areas in our world where we can we have nuclear weapons we have uh, we have a, what we call atomic power plants that are producing power for the for the United States uh, we've had uh, objects hovering over these plants I don't know what they're doing if they're absorbing the energy that that's that's being emitted from these uh, these power plants or uh, they have a, a concern or an interest in them. Uh, 
That's why there's been so many books and stories written about these objects being seen over these atomic power plants. And uh, th this must uh, be a, a big concern at the Pentagon because why wouldn't it be? I mean, here we got we got to we got to control ourselves from being attacked by the Russians, and we have to be uh, aware of uh, of the capabilities of these these uh, craft. Or we're certain people in the know in both countries, and and we just will never know. Yeah, well, we we share you know we share uh, secrets with each other's uh, governments, and uh, there's things that sometimes they they don't want to share with their their population too. So there there there's probably an international secrecy. Going on, or we would be sharing something that happened seventy-four years ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> like JFK, everybody's interested in, in advancing their own uh, agenda, their agenda, their uh, you know, and and the longer that uh, that the United States was able to hold this secret from being found out, uh, the better, because uh, you know we we wanted to jump in on this uh, technology. Uh, sooner than uh, our enemies because there's records uh, of these these objects being uh, compre uh, uh, confiscated in in other countries that they've, they've crashed or they've malfunctioned and something to do with our continuing use of radar seems to be uh, affecting their uh, uh, propulsion systems ironically and you, you know, you would think, why would a, a, an accomplished uh, extraterrestrial race be affected by, uh, a, you know, our primitive radar? But maybe there's something that, that, that we have in our radar system that is, uh, you know, is an irritant to their, uh, to their technology. Well, I you think know? I'm going to have to get me a radar gun on that note. <laughs> so the, that's why the secrecy is still... Enforced because the answers probably are still being uh, held in in the government's eyes. They don't know what the agenda is for this visit. I mean, they're not sending us any text messages. But one thing is for sure: there's 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 been a fight over the truth, and and there's been a concealment of the truth to the public, and there's been a wrestling of who has who makes that right. decision. The that's bottom what, line is that they about. are here. What they're here for, I have no idea, I, and I have not seen one i don't really want to see one uh uh the people that i know that have seen them have interesting stories like me and some of them are a little uh too strong for my uh, uh you know acceptance it's, of course so, it's uh, that's human so i i find myself you know conflicting with my own uh beliefs in, in acceptance of, of this phenomenon. i think we all do to a certain extent are we dealing with an intelligence that's a thousand years advanced over humanity, uh, 10,000 years over humanity, try a million years over humanity. They might be on like the iPhone 37 by now. Yeah. I mean, we're so limited in our, 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 our estimates, our estimations of, of where we will develop our. And our, like I always say, if you look, uh, yeah, where our te where we are in the technological advancement of. Yeah, where are we going to be in ten thousand years? And and when you because when you look back thousands of years ago, and you think if you know, like we said, if you if you you were in ancient Egypt and you produced a cell phone that could do all these things that we do today, you would have they would have you would they would have either killed you right away or they would have made you the, the king or something. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so on that note, next week, are we actually going to do the ancient uh, astronauts part two? Yes, we, we are. We are going asked. to bring in the ancient astronaut theory uh, for a closer look. It's, a, it's just fun to do. We, yeah, we, we, we dive in and out of the, this uh, back and forth from the future to the, to the present because I, I've felt uh, over the years that there is a connection between the two, the two things, the ancient astronaut theory and this visit that, that's presently mm-hmm. going on. And uh, it's 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 a complicated thing to explain in a short period of time. That's why I, I did so much reading to to reaffirm what my uh, suspicions were that uh, our planet it's, is sort of like a uh, a pit stop in the in the universe. And uh, and there's certainly so a lot often, of proof, a lot of a lot of evidence back then too. Yeah, and the evidence just shows up more and more that. Uh, the uh, ancient astronaut theory is a solid theory and it's uh, to me it's more uh it's less a theory than it is uh, a fact and uh the years have gone by and uh more are you familiar with uh, uh big chief thunder is asking if you bob bria are you uh have you researched the lectures uh with dr stephen greer are you familiar with him who basically is teaching yes. people how to contact yeah, Aliens. Stephen Greer is an open uh, advocate of, uh, you know, a uh, disclosure. And he's been uh, interested in uh, disclosing this to the public, but uh, he realizes there's a, a problem with, uh, you know, releasing this. And uh, he's been an advocate for, for years. Oh, so I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, people torpedoing his theories, you know, because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. The minute someone starts making a rational statement or comes, you know, or he's getting attention. <laughs> I've certainly heard of him before. Yeah. Oh, he's very famous. Yeah. A- any questions that the, that your listeners have out there with, in regard to, uh, to anything, anything that I've said related to UFOs. You know, uh, in regard to questions that you may have what I've said about the Kennedy uh, assassination and uh, anything else uh, that's just email those to We're welcome to questions and uh, yep. try to inform and bring about an awareness and I want to thank everybody for contributing uh, to our podcast it's getting better and better each week yeah we appreciate all you coming in live the live show at Podbean see Saba Big Chief Thunderlung Beyond the physical. Thank all you. We try to bring to you little little pieces of evidence, as I call it, uh, to to show how this jigsaw puzzle of secrecy is uh, put together. Jay Bowling, once again, thank you for coming through. Sean Kelly, seven oh one. It's almost like 007. Uh, so, email your questions. UFO's top secret at protonmail.com. And you can check us out anytime and sign up for our mailing list at UFO's top secret.com. And don't forget to like us here and follow us. And We're here you, every week, Tuesday. Tell your friends. 6.30. Tell your friends and your family. The truth is here. Are you prepared for it?